about heaven because that would imply that I really know and understand and fully grasp it. But I'm gonna, we're going to have more clues about what heaven might be like. Cool. So think about that. We're going to have some clues. So we're going to start out with a, a visual here. Whoops. If I can get... Sorry. Let's do this. Make it bigger. Nope. There we go. So, <laughs> okay. Okay, it should switch back to my presentation here. Anyways, um, until it does. No, uh, let's uh, let's not do the dance. See, that's the problem with technology is uh, it gets stuck sometimes. There we go. So, Dorothy was saying, "There's no place like home. There's no place like home," and. She relied upon magic and a wizard to get where she needed to go. Her hope, she had hope of getting home. You can see her, she clicking her heels and saying there's no place like home. We have a hope of our heavenly home. But we don't need a wizard to get there. All we need is simple faith in Jesus. So we hope to make it home, too, to our heavenly home. Some of you know that I travel a lot and uh, have many cases of 
going into the airport and uh, checking in. And, and I'll say the olden days because now everything's electronic check-in. Right. You go, you slide your car, you punch in a number, and you get checked in. But I would walk up to the airline counter and the guy or the gal standing behind the counter would say, well, what's your final destination? And I looked up and I said, well, heaven. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, it kind of took him back a little bit there. I said, well, what's your final destination? <laughs> so you may be able to quickly answer that. If somebody asks you, what is your final destination? Uh-huh. What are you going to say? Yeah. It's not just Bismarck, North Dakota. But your final destination is heaven. So when we look forward to heaven, we should say, there's no place like home. That's right. There's no place like home. And we're not talking, you know, a beautiful home like this, or your home, or your condo, or apartment, or whatever it might be. That's not home as we will know it. Our home is looking forward to heaven. Last week, Paul talked about living with eternity in view. And... Uh, That gives us hope when we look at the new heaven and the new earth. So let's talk about hope a little bit here. Paul even mentioned this morning in in worship. What is biblical hope? It's not a flimsy, wishy-washy hope that something's going to happen. Hope is our constant and present expectation that something's going to happen, something or someone it's going to happen in the future. Again, I'll, I'll say that again. Hope is our present and constant expectation in someone or something that it will come in the future. Last week, Paul talked about an anchor. In Hebrews 6.19, it says, We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters in. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. Our hope is anchored in Jesus Christ and his word. Does anybody recognize this anchor, the specific anchor? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. You can see the the little lighthouse there. That's the causeway that comes down between the the bridge that goes up and down and all that. So our anchor is in Jesus and his word. And that gives us hope, something to look forward to. So let's talk about hope a little bit more. Where did that go? I had a, an example here somewhere. Things got moved around on me. Oh, way over here. Okay. I didn't bring a whole bag full of props today, but I got a few. So we talked about the anchor. It anchors our hope. It anchors our life. Hope. Does anybody, can you see this? Uh, if I hold it up, do you know what this is? Yep, it's a hook. A wishbone? It does, you know. (laughs) I've saved it. You know, I've been waiting for this message since Thanksgiving, so. um, It's a hook. Hope is like a hook. If we have hope, we have something to hang our faith on. Without hope, our faith has no grasp. Our hope doesn't last. So again, our hope is in heaven. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. But think of hope being like a hook to hang our faith on. So hope 
Another way to describe it is a strong and confident expectation. Again, it's not wimpy. I have a confident expectation that heaven is real, that heaven is coming, and that I have a heavenly home. I was driving, I was down Larpenter the other day, and uh, I'd already written out this example, but I saw it happen. So I'm driving down Larpenter, and there's the bus stop, and there's a guy, here's the curb, and he, he's, he has expectation. He has hope that the bus is coming. So what's he doing? If he expects that, he has that strong and confident expectation that something's going to happen, and that something being a bus coming, he's sticking his neck out. He's almost stepping off the curb, which could be a little dangerous, but he's expecting, he's hoping that that bus is coming soon. So he is doing something that shows that. He's sticking his neck out there and expecting that hope will come, or the bus will come. When we expect something, we need to stick our neck out. We need to have that active hope, that active faith that Jesus is coming. Paul asked me this morning if I was talking about the second coming. I said, kind of, talking about Jesus coming and what happens after that and where we go and what it might look like. So we can look forward to Jesus' coming. It's not just a dream. It's not a vain hope. But it's grounded. It's founded in the Word of God. God promises heaven, a heavenly home, to those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. So, there's different perspectives. And like I said, I didn't say I'm giving you a clue, but there are clues about what heaven might be like. So what do you think heaven will be like? Well, let's just have a few people shout out. What, what do you think heaven's going to be like? Earth. Earth. Better. Better than, better than better, a better earth or better than earth? Better than earth. Better than earth. No tears, no pain. No tears, no pain. Better than better? Unicorns. Unicorns. (laughs) Mansions. Music. Music. Your favorite pet. Okay, pets. Jesus. Dancing and singing and worship continually and being able to sing in any language you want to. Gold. Colors. Cats. Food. Food, lots of food, good food, great chefs. Jesus. Lots of Jesus. He'll be hanging around all the time. So let's think about that. So what will heaven be like? Is this your picture of heaven? With a mansion? With a couple sprawling staircases and a big old pool and angels hanging out? And and I I hear a little chuckle. This isn't real. The house is is real, but that's a mansion here on earth. Is it? (laughs) (laughs) See what Google, that's probably why it picked it out. I said, I typed in mansions in Google and it uh, actually wanted me to buy this one since it's in Minnesota. But uh, we get our perspective from... TV, from movies, from other people, from teachers, uh, things we read, from our parents, because 
maybe that's what they learned. Let's see if we can get another perspective here and see where we may have learned. Let's see if I can make this work again. Sorry, I can skip this ad in five seconds. Two, one, skip. Um, That's a good illustration. Yeah. And let's see if I can fast forward here. You don't get to watch all the Tom and Jerry, but here we go. Tom's messing around again. Again, remember, this is what we grew up with, some of us. And we've been feeding our kids this stuff too, so you wonder where we get our perspective of heaven. Paul, I thought you said cats don't, aren't going to be in heaven. No, no cats. No cats. <laughs> so for all you kids, this is not real. This is not how it happens. But this is how some of us learned. He's there. Now what? So you get the picture. It is on YouTube. There we go. Technology worked almost. There we go. Okay, so you wonder where we get our perspective from on heaven. And uh, sometimes we just don't have a clue. John 14, 2 says, In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. King James says mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. If you could design your heavenly home, what would it look like? Like that picture, the one before? Okay. That's too big. <laughs> it's, it's, it's heaven. It's always going to be clean, and you don't have to do anything. So anyways, again, these are thoughts about what it could be like. We don't know for sure. But uh, God does say he's going, Jesus went to prepare a place for us. So I'm wondering you know, where it might be located, what it's going to look like, what's going to be in it. So as I was thinking about that, I said, well, hmm, I could have a little trailer. Maybe I could upgrade to a little mobile home. Got public transportation there. Yeah, I'm about a kid. Or we could upgrade to a two-story. 
This is one that actually, actually I saw down in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. I said, and I took a picture because it's like, wow, I like this home. I want a bigger garage. Or even maybe even a bigger home. Like a castle. Or maybe you just want a cabin. Or maybe you want to live in a cave. It's, we don't know. It's not out of the question. Or maybe you like to live by the railroad tracks. Maybe you like some privacy. Maybe you like to live on a hill. So what do you imagine heaven and the new earth will be like? Is it going to be cold? If you want it to be, yep, she's right. If you want to go skiing and you like cold, you guys can stay in Minnesota. <laughs> if you want it to be hot, where would you go? Arizona, that is Arizona. Then you would have to live someplace close to some mountains. Or you could have some sunshine at the beach. Maybe you want to be in a small town. Do you think heaven's going to have some big towns? Yeah. Again, we don't know. I mean, this is more than a town. This is a city. That's Chicago. Lots of people. Or maybe you just want a farmhouse someplace. Again, God, God sees your heart's desire. So I think he's, he's taking that into account. Maybe you want to be in a different country. Maybe a place with a view. I've heard someone mention Duluth. That one was Duluth. So God had you in mind when he did his design. When Jesus said he's going to make a place for you. He's thinking about you. And I don't know exactly what that means and what it will be like. So I've got a question. Are you ready for heaven? Are you looking forward to it? I mean, I hear, I see, I hear some yeses. And uh, some of you may be saying, well, I don't know. It's an unknown. Boy, I sure like the uh, idea of not going to hell because I've heard about that. It's ugly, it's hot, it's dark, it's nasty. And... Uh, Maybe somebody scared you out of hell and into heaven. But you're not quite sure what heaven, in our heavenly home, heaven on earth, the new Jerusalem, the new earth is going to be like. Maybe that is an unknown that causes some fear. Do you have hope of that future destination? The, uh, the Old Testament patriarchs, they looked forward to that future home. They looked forward to the coming of Jesus. And with that, they knew that there was going to be a heavenly home for them too. So when we look at heaven, we're not just escaping earth, escaping from earth, but we're escaping to heaven. So do you know what it'll be like when you get there? This is something you can think about. Allow God to speak into your heart. Again, if, if there is a fear, there's a, a reluctance 
like, wow, I just don't know. Maybe it's going to be like what Tom experienced when he got to the top of that escalator. I used to call them elevators, but that was an escalator. And uh, he got up there and it's like, I'm on top of the cloud. And what else is there? Am I all alone? What is your hope and expectation set in, set upon? Our hope is, is in a place that God designed for us. So like it was said here earlier, if you like the cold, God's going to have a cold place for you, or at least part of the year, part of the time. There'll be places to go, places to explore. Um, if we see our future is, future is boring, are we going to have hope for it? Probably not. If we see it, it's like, oh man, it's just going to be long and not fun. The unfun time, that's not going to be good. We say, well, is it going to be too quiet? Or maybe it's going to be too loud for some of you. I've heard that they're going to be singing a lot. And uh, you know, maybe there'll be some shouts of joy and praising the Lord. God will meet you in heaven. He's going to make it a wonderful place for you. Some of you may be saying, what if I don't like it there? Yes, the, oh, the alternative. But see, but God wants us. We don't want just fire insurance. We want to have a hope and a looking forward to heaven, a looking forward to connection with Jesus, you know, in person, face to face, and and have that as a hope and not a dread or a fear. An unknown causes dread and fear. So what we need to do is look for clues of what that means. Mm-hmm. So Revelation 21, verses 1 and 2 says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth passed away. There is no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, mm-hmm. New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride, adorned for her husband. Wow. I mean, Paul's talked about this. We've shared. What does that mean? He talked about a renewed earth and a renewed heaven. So where we're at is not going to be completely destroyed, but it will be renewed. And what about this new Jerusalem? sounds like a city, a holy city. And does it have, uh, is there a barge pushing it down out of heaven? Does it have like motors? Again, you may, you may ask questions like this. It's like, well, how does it get here? How is it propelled? And how does a city move? I mean, most of them are stationary. Um, what was a good Friday, Ethan and I had an opportunity. We went up to a cabin not too, about an hour away to talk about heaven. And uh, we did a study on that. And I said, there's a lot of unknowns, things we don't know about, things we question. I said, let me draw a picture of what, as I read the Bible, what I'm seeing. My imagination, based on what I'm reading in the Bible, says the new Jerusalem's going to come and it's going to be beside the earth. And I drew it as a cube. I actually went online and saw some people that drew it as a pyramid. I'm not sure that it's, that it's explicit there, but it says it's going to be 1,500 miles by 1,500 miles by 1,500 miles. So that could be either a cube or a pyramid. Um, 
could be some other shape. I guess it could be a dome. But uh, now I couldn't because that would that'd be round on the bottom. Cancel that thought. So, but these are thoughts. We need to be thinking about this because it creates hope as we look forward. We use our mind, our creative process to think about what's God talking about? So we need to make heaven less of an unknown. There's going to be things there that you currently know nothing of. I heard somebody say lots of colors. I've got a friend who experiences spiritual things. He sees in the spirit and things. He says, in heaven, we're going to be able to smell colors. Okay, so wrap your brain around that. I'm not smelling colors at this point. Maybe some people are. Sniffing markers, yes, yes, scratch and sniff. So here's another one. Tim mentioned there's going to be lots of gold. What, what kind of gold is it going to be? What, it talks about the New Jerusalem having streets of gold. But not only are they streets of gold, they're transparent. They're like transparent glass. So, I mean, if I look at this ring, it's something, I don't know, 18 karat gold maybe or something. I can't see through it. Surely doesn't look like glass. So what is this gold that God's talking about? These are things that we need to think about. Use our imagination and talk to God. Say, God, what are you talking about? It doesn't, my brain has no concept of transparent gold. So, Tim, what do you expect it to be like when you get there? Revelation 21, verse 5 says, And he who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, Write these words are faithful and true. So God's saying he's making all things new. He has a plan for this earth, for the heavens, that they'll be made new. And you can trust in it. They're faithful and true. So God does give us clues about heaven. It's going to be a great place. You can get clues, and I encourage you, you need to explore so read Revelation 21 and 22 and other passages. But search it out. You're going to discover that we're going to eat. We're going to drink. You know, when we get our resurrected body, you know, once Jesus had his resurrected body, he was eating some fish. So if, if that messes with your brain, look it up. It's in the Bible. So once we have our resurrected bodies, we're probably going to eat, drink, work, the feast, the wedding feast, Absolutely. Uh, we'll worship. We're going to learn. I don't think we'll ever stop learning. And if you don't like to learn now, God is going to intrigue you so much with things that you will be excited about learning. It'll be adventurous. It'll be an expectation. You're going to want to know what is beyond that next corner, what's over the top of that next hill. You might even get to travel some. If it's heaven on earth, if he recreates the earth and you like to travel, well, boy, I'm not getting to travel right now to all the places I'd really, really like to explore that I've heard about. What about then? That would be great. I want to pause for a second. I've got a little bit more to go, but right here, I just thought it would be a good point. 
that if you guys and gals would just, if you can see this, let's pray this together. Just all together. Father, God, give us a revelation of heaven and things to come. Your word tells us about the new heaven and the new earth and the heavenly city, the new Jerusalem. Lord, give us a glimpse of what heaven on earth will be like and what it will be like to live the resurrected life. Let our hope and expectation be strong to carry us on to the day when we meet you face to face. Yes. And heaven for us is super expensive, and that's why Jesus paid the price. Amen. There's a cost Amen. that could never be met except for through him. So a few more clues. Uh, Psalms 121 says he's the maker of heaven and earth. Well, if God made it, it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. I mean, just look at I mean, He did a great job here. Our expectation of, the, of what it's going to be is in, should be incredible. Um, Philippians 3.20 says, But our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly wait a Savior from there, from Lord Jesus Christ. So, we're only temporary residents here. We're aliens in a foreign land. A little funny. So we're told that heaven, in Hebrews we're told that heaven is a city. We're also told that heaven is a country. Heaven's not going to be boring Jeremiah 33 says the host of heaven can't be counted. There's tons of angels. Matthew 6.20 talks about treasures in heaven where moth or rust can't destroy. So I expect that there's going to be all kinds of treasures in heaven. In Acts 2.2 it talks about a mighty rushing wind. So at times it could be noisy. Can you see it? 
Sometimes you have to close your eyes to see it while we're here. So as the day approaches, things get clearer and clearer. We'll gain greater revelation. About 15 years ago, I had to think, uh, right before I met Beth, my mom passed away. And I was blessed to be with my mom in the hospital room when she passed. I mean, literally, I was, I was in Indiana traveling for work. She told my sister, get me home. I don't know if I've shared this story before or not. But, um, so I drove from northern Indiana back to Chicago, grabbed some clothes, jumped on an airplane, flew to Ohio. So it's almost Ohio anyways. But I got there. I was with mom, and she couldn't eat, couldn't move, couldn't do it. She's basically on the bed, struggling to breathe. She had emphysema. And uh, mom literally sits up in bed. She goes like this. She looks around. And as she's looking, I'm watching her, it's like she's looking beyond these walls. She's seeing the heavenly host. She's seeing into heaven. I'm not sure what she was seeing because I couldn't see like she was. And then she laid back down. I can't, she may have even said something. I can't remember that part. She laid back down. And a half hour later, she stepped over, crossed that threshold into heaven. My dad passed away a little bit over a year ago, January 15th, last year. And uh, God's providence again. I get a call on Friday from somebody at work saying, hey, can you come over next week to Ohio to help us with something, to inspect some materials? I said, sure, uh, I'll fly in on Tuesday. So as usual, I'd fly into Columbus so I could see my family instead, you know, instead of flying into Dayton. So I flew into Columbus, drove to Dad, my first stop, hung out with him. My brother and sister were there. Um, my nephew, we're all hanging around Dad. We just said, Dad, we bless you. We love you. He couldn't communicate um, dementia and different things going on. Uh, you know, other than, I don't even, at that point, he could squeeze my hand. Um, this was not at that point, but this was about that time. Um, my dad, again, God, God got me there that day, that evening. I hung out with him for a few hours. But at one point, he was looking. and It was like he was just looking right through me. His eyes brightened up. He's looking, like I said, beyond me. So we hung out. We blessed him. We said, we love you. And I took off, drove about two hours, and got the phone call from my sister. That, Dad had stepped over. He'd crossed that threshold into heaven. 2 Corinthians says, For we know that if the earthly tent, which is our house, is torn down, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. And then verse 8 says, We are of good courage, I say, and prefer rather to be absent from this body and to be home with the Lord. In order to explain it, the funeral, uh, we call him Papa, when Papa passed away, to the kids, uh, I think that may have been the first, first person dying they experienced, we talked about what the Bible says. That our earthly tent, it's like a tent, when, when they die, 
we have structure when we're living. We have that earthly tent. But as soon as God says it's time and we go, poof, there's no longer any substance left that holds the tent up. Our spirit is gone to be present, absent from the body and present with the Lord. Our bodies are like a temporary dwelling. So do you have your ticket to your final destination? Forgiveness is not automatic. Heaven, it's not our default place. No one goes there automatically. Unless heaven, unless sin is dealt with, the only place that you'll go is hell. It's the default destination. And that's not what God wants. God says that he wishes that every person, every person would be saved. So again, forgiveness is not automatic. It's conditioned upon confession. First John says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. <coughs> to be forgiven, we've got to recognize our sin and repent of it. This is the last scripture. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that if you confess with your mouth, that means you have to do something. You have to speak it out. You have to say, it. hey, Jesus is my Lord. It's as simple as that. You believe in your heart. So confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. For it's with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness. And with the mouth he confesses resulting in salvation. So what about you? If you haven't done that, heaven's not your final destination. If you have, awesome. See you when we get there. We'll hang out. And what about the hopeless whose names are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life? So it's twofold. If you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Today's the day of salvation. You need to. See one of us, grab somebody, we'll pray with you. But as you go out of here, think about the hopeless. Those who do not have heaven as their final destination. And tell them about heaven. Tell them about Jesus so they can get their ticket to ride. Father, we thank you for your goodness. Lord, do give us a revelation of heaven. We don't want to make things up. We don't want it to be like the uh, stories and fairy book and all these things. We want to know, Lord, give us, give us glimpses of what you have prepared for us. Lord, that we might have a hope of where you're calling us, when you're calling us home. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. I encourage you to study more on your own. There's resources. Number one resource is the Bible. The Bible. All right. Um, Randy Alcorn has written a book called Heaven. I didn't get the full book, but I got a little booklet and read through some of that. He's got some good insights there. Um, systematic Theology. Wayne Grudem has a section on heaven. And... Uh, I haven't read it and I haven't seen the movie, but some of you may have read or seen Heaven is for Real. Again, that's going to give you some perspective. I can't comment on it. Beth, you've read it. I don't know. Um, 
we hear some greats. So, Paul. Let's turn this into a prayer time now. Let's take what we've heard, find somebody close to you, and if, if someone that you're talking to lacks, maybe lacks hope, maybe you're saying, I don't know that I walk in that hope, that'd be important to get prayer for, wouldn't it? So just turn around. This, this becomes a prayer meeting now. Just turn around and find somebody that you can pray with. Maybe it means moving around a little bit. Let's go ahead and, and take what we've heard from Tim and uh, pray for one another. Pray hope. Pray the future.